Jalen Hurts, you terrible, terrible man. I needed you to fall flat on your face, and you did. You did the job for like three quarters, and then you decide that my Thursday night should be ruined. Oh, the heartbreak. Here we are, episode 25 of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast, and I am miserable, Travis. <laughs> Absolutely miserable. You know what? I think that's a little bit unwarranted. I think you were getting a little greedy, hoping that Jalen Hurts had a horrible day, which it looked like he was going to have. He was. You still, got, you still got what you needed to from Antonio Brown, and he got what he should have probably from Jalen Hurts in Look, a, a matchup against Tampa Bay. I'm two and three in, in our fantasy league, Travis. <laughs> I'm two and three. I am two. And I I can't have this. I can't I can't have Jalen Hurts like putting up seven points in the first half and then pulling off two rushing touchdowns in the second. That was ridiculous. It's messing with your emotions. I'm all over the place. I'm not I'm not I'm not balanced. I'm not smiling as much. Food doesn't taste as good. What I think you can what you can take away from it is this. This is what I tell myself when somebody goes off on me a little bit on Thursday night. Okay. The Bucks got the ball back with five minutes left. Yeah. And there was a good chance that Jalen Hurts would have gotten three or four more points in garbage time. True. Yeah. And the Bucks ran the entire clock out, kneeled it down, and Jalen Hurts' damage was stopped. So it did hurt to see a 20-point second half for you. It did. Against you, but it could have been 24-25. Another touchdown or, or 30 rushing yards in garbage time. You just kind of got to take what you get against these rushing QBs. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I've still got Kyler Murray. I've got, I mean, it's got, not like Antonio bagled you. No, he, he, he balled he out. He had a huge game. Jeez, way to go. Into, yeah. Leading, he had 13, 13 targets in this game. That's just yeah. fun. That's fun for me. Uh, Tom yeah. Brady had a Tom Brady game. You know, I, I don't know. This this game, the Eagles are not good on offense. They, they're they just not. They just felt like Jalen Hurts. I've been saying it all season. I love ringing my own bell, but I'm just going to keep on, keep on clanging it over here. He's not an accurate quarterback. He's not a good quarterback. He's not. He is a he's a good yeah. fantasy quarterback, as you can see from the two rushing touchdowns. When he gets in the red zone, he's he's dangerous. But he can't. He's twelve of twenty six for one hundred and fifteen. What other quarterback are is throwing that line out there and then getting another opportunity to start? Not many. No, like he's but just not good. You did we both did, and I I kind of followed your lead on Jalen Hurts a little bit in the off season, and you were saying. He doesn't have to be a good passer. No. Because legs-wise and game script-wise and garbage time, yeah. he's going to find a way to get it done. And he has all year long now, six weeks in a row. Yeah. You were right on him. I jumped on the bandwagon with you, and I have him probably in about eight or nine of almost 20 leagues. And the 26 points tonight is just like, ho-hum, Jalen Hurts again. He worries you for a little while, but he comes through. It is kind of a weird caveat that, no, he's not a good quarterback, but he doesn't have to be. He just has to be a good running back. And 10 for 44 for two touchdowns on the ground is fine. That'll that'll do the job. Who cares if... Leonard Fournette had a great day on the ground, too. Yeah, 22 carries will do that for you. played against him. 
You know, 22 carries. He had six targets. The dude had yeah. almost 150 total yards. This was a nice day for Lenny. And two scores. I like that Troy Aikman kept calling him regular season Lenny. Because the dude, every <laughs> yeah. every time I see him run to the edge, it looks like a dude that's like ate too much and is trying to get to the next room like of the house. Like he just like waddling yep. over there. He's not going to outrun anyone. There was a run where he had the, the entire left side of the field wide open. And like three years ago, I think he could have made it. But now he's just like, nah, bro, I do between the tackles. If you want me to run out there, I'm going to need Yeah, the one, like, on the five-yard line, I thought he was yeah. walking that in. Yeah, you have to you – have to, uh, he, he did a couple plays later. You have to but rework so. his contract if you're going to be sending him outside. So that was fun. Unlike Miles Sanders. Yeah, he actually showed some life there when the defense didn't care. That was, that was fun. He had nine for 56, but most of those, like two big runs, two or three big runs. His long was 23. The rest of it was just god-awful. It's like what they do don't... you do with him? You can't get anything for him, can you? I was going to say, what are you going to get? Like a Miles Gaskin? Like what, what can you get for do him? Do you just bench him until he goes off and then try to trade him? I guess. Him? I mean, at this point, you're probably trying to, in my opinion, he's a lot like Allen Robinson. You, you can't. You don't. There's not value there. Like you're, you probably spent a fourth or fifth round pick on him, and you can't. I mean, we don't really think about draft capital right now, but no, you you kind of have to, like you said, hope for a bigger game, and hopefully, maybe as a bye week pops up, someone needs a running back, and they think that hey, Miles Sanders is a name I recognize, then sure, try to try to ship him off, but. Uh, yeah, you're kind of in a tough spot. Right. This has kind of been worst case scenario for Miles Sanders because even on a day when Kenny Gainwell didn't have any carries and he had only one tar- or one catch, Miles Sanders still didn't have a bunch of work. So rough times. I don't think it's going to get a ton better. Yeah, we already talked about Antonio Brown, nine for ninety three in a score on thirteen targets. Surprise, OJ Howard sighting. I think most people probably leaned Cameron Brait's way. Um, and then Godwin and Evans, pretty quiet days. We said this. There's going to be those nights where mm-hmm. one or two of the Bucks options get it done for you, and you're left out to dry with the other two. Yeah. It's usually you're- not Godwin and Evans, but it happened. You are not selling them necessarily unless you get equal value, but yeah, you kinda think- what- it-, it hurts to see. You take what you can get uh, with this offense. This would have been a night, had Gronk been healthy, it would have been just an Antonio Brown, Gronkowski night. It You're going to have it, man. Yeah. But there's, next week, they could be Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, you know, Mike Evans all having a touchdown and, you know, 80 they yards. Could, yeah. So it's okay. There's no, there's zero reason to panic. We've seen this before. Move along. All right. Well, Thursday nights in the books. What are we looking for this weekend? What are some things that are you that you are watching really closely for? Just some key, uh, some key tidbits. Yeah, a couple things that I'm looking for. One, obviously, the big story in the NFL in general right now, but more specifically for the Raiders. I want to see if there's any change to that offense because a couple pieces on that offense, people have been begging to be more involved. Is Brian Edwards going to be more involved? Is is Josh Jacobs going to finally be used in the passing game. These are some things that people have been asking for. I mean, more so for Josh Jacobs, but for years. And maybe is that all falling on John Gruden in the past? Or is this actually going to open up um, new doors that we didn't know were there? I think that's probably more hopeful. 
um, and optimistic than probably realistic. Yeah, I think it's going to be more the status quo, more the same. But I'll be I'll be keeping an eye on it. And for me, the second thing I'm looking for is the usage of Kadarius Tony because he's had a lot of usage in that uh, Giants wide receiver core. You know, he's also kind of been the only consistently healthy option, um, which is ironic because now he's dealing with an ankle issue of his own. They face the Rams. They're struggling right now. They face the Rams this weekend, and who knows? You know, Daniel Jones is in concussion protocol, so... Granted, if it's Mike Glennon throwing the ball, you have to kind of put an asterisk next to this game. Kadarius Tony, could, what if Tony just played quarterback too? Yeah, you know what? You might have to have him do that because he might. There's a good chance that he'd outperform <laughs> Mike Glennon. He for sure more athletic. So it's hard to be worse than Mike Glennon. Honestly, when I saw him walk onto the field, I forgot he was a player. That long neck, though. And then you saw his neck, long, and you were like, oh, Glennon. I'm like, wow, the Toys R Us giraffe is playing. <laughs> this is this is going to be fun. He was, he Davis was the, Mills' father. Yeah, he's the original Toys R Us kid, <laughs> so he, he grew up to be a very bad NFL quarterback. Um, what are some? I think that's a good point. I think, for, like, for Tony, he was kind of one of the waiver wire darlings of the week. Yeah. And everybody woke up early Wednesday morning and hoped that they got him. And then you see that Slayton and Shepard both are on track and healing up pretty quick. Right. I'm curious how that affects Tony because I think if, if either Slayton or Shepard weren't there, that would really help Tony. Right. But this could be a case without Saquon there where they just kind of use him, little Swiss Army knife, and find a way to get him the ball. So yeah. I'm, I'm playing him in a couple leagues. So I'm with you. I think he's hitting his stride and kind of just want to ride it yeah. while it's there what about you man what are, what are some things that that you're going to be keeping an eye on i am waiting patiently i know it, it's only the start of week six but i need this javante williams breakout to start happening throw me a freaking bone here i have a feeling that it's starting to the numbers are showing us a little bit that it's it's edging that way but it's one of those situations where you you have him on a lot of teams and you're kind of trying to manifest something to happen. Is it really happening? I just want to know, uh, do we start to see Williams get more touches than Melvin Gordon? Gordon is a little banged up. This will be another good test to see if Javante Williams out touches him. I would like to see that start to get to a 60, 40, 65, 35. And then you can really start to trust Javante Williams every week. Second is with Julio Jones and AJ Brown, both finally healthy again together. Do they get us what we were excited for in the offseason? Um, can you get strong games from both of them and Derrick Henry? That's yet to be seen. Could it be one of them and Henry? Could it be Henry and neither of them? Because we just saw Henry and nobody else, even though Julio wasn't there. So now that Julio's back, can can they start to open it up a little bit, not rely on 30-plus touches uh, from Henry every week? Hopefully they they get AJ Brown going. There's a lot of people waiting on that. They they picked a heck of a week to try to get healthy for. So uh, we'll break that that down a little bit later. That'll, that'll be fun to see. We've also got some heavy hitting NFL matchups for this week, Travis. Let's break them down. Let's do it. So the first one we're going to break down right now. It's kind of fantasy dense, and I love it. Chargers and the Ravens. 
two of the top 10 scoring offenses in the NFL and two of the top five fantasy quarterbacks so far this year and a bunch of high-end wide receiver play right now. Studs. Mostly, you know, Mike Williams. Uh, and honestly, I don't, I don't see Keenan Allen up here. He's still a top talent, not necessarily fantasy producing like a top five guy. But Mike, yeah, he, I think he's 24 or 25 right now, which is yeah, still but great. you got Mike Williams, the wide receiver one overall, no surprise there. Right. And Hollywood Brown wide receiver seven so far, tight end three, Mark Andrews. And then of course you've got, you know, Austin Eckler having an absolutely fantastic start to the season. Just RB two. No big deal. Yeah. So I want to, I want to start with the the, I'm sorry, the, the chargers side of the ball. Because this is an offense that's just starting to click. They just threw up some bombs on a pretty stout Cleveland defense last week. The the one caveat here that could be a nice amplifier for this Chargers offense is that the Ravens are actually bottom third in the league against the running back position. This isn't something that we typically associate with the Ravens defense. It, you know, there are, there are certain teams in the NFL that we kind of hear and we automatically assume that's a good defense. Yeah, you know the Ravens are typically one of those, and only for like twenty five years. It feels right. Like. Yeah, there's kind of a blip on the map, and then you you know you move on. But uh, you know injuries and what else it might be, they are bottom third in the league, and Austin Eckler is in another smash spot. I think this is going to be a very nice game for him. I I honestly think this is going to be a theme for teams facing the Ravens. The Ravens are going to have to keep playing catch up. I, it's going to make for some exciting football, first of all. But the Ravens also give up a lot of pass yards, but they just don't give up a lot of touchdowns. You know, so yeah. the all the weapons, I, I think, for the Chargers are going to be usable and fantasy relevant. I just, I don't know how much the, the scoring, I don't know if we can necessarily count on another 40-point game like you saw from Cleveland and, and, and the Chargers last, last game. I think that's kind of going to be an anomaly. But... Uh, you know, it should, it could possibly hit the over in this game. So, I, I I like the Chargers' options here. You're firing up Mike Williams, Keenan, heck, even even Jared Cook. I, I would I would toss in there. But yeah, definitely starting up your Chargers this week. Mark Andrews is the smash tight end play in this matchup. Chargers are the second best against the wide receiver, but they are the second worst against tight end. Mark Andrews coming off of a Monday miracle. For a lot of fantasy managers with a 35 to 40, depending on your settings. Yeah. Another another huge game could be on tap for Mark Andrews. What a game. No reason to think that that would cool down. Do the Ravens have the running back power between Latavius Murray and Tyson Williams, Devontae uh, Freeman, to take advantage of the Chargers' league-worst rushing defense, giving up 156 yards a game on the ground? What do you think? <sighs> Oh, man, that's... Can you start any of them? Yeah, I mean, if you have Latavius Murray, you're starting him. Uh, I, I don't trust the workload of Tyson Williams anymore. There's no one else. Like, Devontae Freeman's getting snaps. You're not starting him. I think... Yeah. If Latavius punched it in at the end of last week yeah. on Monday night, he would have had a fine day. I don't know that necessarily Tyson's done in this offense, but I think Latavius would be the only one I would be willing to start out of these guys just from what I've seen in the last few weeks. Now, I'm not saying that there's zero chance that that Latavius Murray, you know, is phased out for whatever reason, and Tyson is, odd, you know, oddly enough, relevant again. 
I don't trust Latavius Murray long term, but I think in this game, sure, yeah, start him up. Uh, if you need a running back two in a bye week, uh, pinch, sure. Especially with you got a lot of owners out there with Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, that are hurting. Latavius and Devontae Booker, I think, are guys that you kind of need to play with the situations going on. So I'm with you. I think Latavius Murray can get a double digit day if he can find the end zone. And then finally, Rashad Bateman starts his comeback. Uh, there's a lot of hype about the rookie in the offseason. Sammy Watkins is injured. Nothing new there. So if Bateman can, can come back and kind of work his way into that two spot behind Hollywood Brown, he could bring some value. I'm not heavily invested in Bateman. I'm not really a rookie receiver guy for the most part, but we saw some flashes in the preseason and in training camp of his freakish athletic ability. I think he could be valuable in really deep leagues for sure. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of Keenan Allen, so I, I'm really excited to to see him finally get an opportunity to play. So this will be fun. I think they're going to bring him along slowly. I think that's what they've they've kind of said so far during the week, especially coming off that, that core injury. It's going to take him a few weeks to get up to speed, but this could be a second half of the season guy that, you know, like we've been saying, and you've probably been seeing around the fantasy community, that you won on your roster. Yeah. Who wins this game? Who I'm going to go with the Chargers. Yeah, me too. Just because I love that defense and that offense is really starting to click. So I got the Chargers in this one. Yeah. Let's break down the next game that we've got on our slate here. The undefeated. Wow. Arizona Cardinals. He had to plug that. And the very, the very, very nearly um, defeated Browns of last week. Just got done talking about them. Two, I guess there's an Oklahoma here, rival, whatever you want to call it, quarterback face-off between Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, number one overall picks. You know... Cleveland, you know, there's a fun stat that we've got written down here on our show sheet that they have the most rush attempts in the league. But the question was was asked, you know, what happens if they fall behind? So we dug it up, and we kind of, so far, when when they're trailing, and granted, these two teams total, um, they have an entire, they have, I think it's 18 plays. They average 18, maybe 18 plays um, trailing. It's a pretty successful so far this uh, season. First five weeks. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 38, 38. Um, Cardinals have 18 uh, plays trailing this year, and Cleveland has like 20. That's just insane. So they're, it's ridiculous. They're they're both really good. So it's like it's hard to to glean a lot of what is going to happen if one of these teams is trailing. But right now, when Cleveland is trailing, they go from eighth in yards per play down to 14th. And when the Cardinals are trailing, they've gone from seventh in yards per play all the way to number one. So, so who, what's your ideal here? Who Cardinals do you want maybe, to be leading this game based on those stats? Oh, I, 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 want, I want the Cardinals to be leading. I, I, I think the Cardinals are going to win this game. I don't think that, that Baker has the weapons to keep up if it, it turns into a shootout. Um, I, I say that, and they just put up 40 on the Chargers. So it's, it's kind of... I it, think ideal fantasy-wise <laughs> would be the Browns get up early. And mm-hmm. the Cardinals are having to come from behind most of the game. You're getting a oh, lot of sure. Kyler. You're getting Chubb and Hunt. 
But for yeah. you and your MVP pick, we would want the Cardinals to make it back in the fourth quarter, take the lead, and Kyler Murray, you know, adds another one to his another notch to the belt of I, good wins and an MVP. I need I need the rushing touchdowns. Yeah. I need the rushing production from Kyler. I've got to see it this this week. Uh, you know he's he's put up in the last three weeks he's put up nineteen twenty two and thirteen Yuck. points. That's gross. That's not Patrick. Mahomes that's not why never, we brought he you could in here. Never. He could never really. He could never put up nineteen and thirteen. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> the but as far as we got a little home lake rivalry going here coming out. As far as the getting into the the matchups for the Cardinals, um, the Browns are actually just a middle of the pack team against the wide receiver position, and there are plenty of wide receivers on this Cardinals offense. Last week, you saw a little bit of a comeback for DeAndre Hopkins. He gave you 87 and a touchdown. So far, he has a 21.7% target share, but there are other weapons. Like I said, AJ Green last week was the first game of the year where he didn't see at least six targets and Rondell Moore has 26 targets you know Chase Edmonds has 26 targets that you're seeing the ball spread around Christian Kirk I believe has 23 targets they don't just throw it you know 15 times a game they don't follow the the game script or the game plan of like a like a Green Bay where they only have Devontae Adams or they only have DeAndre Hopkins they have other weapons that can get them over the hump. And th- I, I think that's a big reason why when they do trail, you ha- the defense still has so much to account for. You, you're going to find um, an open weapon. It's, it's, like, uh, it's like Jalen Hurts, but he can actually play quarterback. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, the guy that I'm scared of uh, laying an egg on the Cardinals offense is James Conner. I think he's due for a little bit of a letdown. He's had some some touchdown um, heavy days in the last few weeks, and I think Cleveland's run D and that front line is strong enough to really limit Connor and make Murray use his own legs and arm, which is fine. I mean, I, I shipped out Connor. I sold high. I think that that was – if you still can, if you're listening to this on a Friday – and you've got time to ship Connor. I think this is a good stretch to do it. Um, I think Edmonds has a much better day than Connor this week, and I think we've been waiting for that for a few weeks now. And it's been Connor because of the touchdowns, but I think Edmonds is the right play in this one. On the other side, Cleveland. What I don't know what we're doing with Odell. I mean, I guess you got to play him. Oh God, in I hope not. Three receiver leagues or really deep leagues. But if you've got two receivers and you've got some other options, I'd probably wait to see what is going on with Odell I, Beckham. I just, it's hard to, it's hard seeing what's going on with him. Like it's, just, he's not. We don't know. It's been I mean, he's years, out there. Man. He, he, yeah, he, he's, he makes plays, but he's not making plays with the ball. He's like, his blocking is great. He comes back and. And it's a great, you know, he draws all the coverage, but but that does nothing fantasy wise. Yeah, but they're you cannot rely they're not on him throwing right now. him the ball. They they put up almost ninety points last week, and he had three targets for twenty yards. Yeah, something's not right. No, it. I don't know if it's health wise. I don't know if Baker just like, if if Odell has. I don't know. I don't know if he just has blackmail on Odell, and he just told him, "I'm not throwing <laughs> you a dang ball." And you're not going to say a word because you know what? We don't have a large fan over here for you to beat up. So 
Odell told him you're not allowed to sell my shoulder pads in your garage sale, and Baker got really offended. I, you think you think Odell just like has like a weird belief that Hulu doesn't have live sports, so Baker's like, <laughs> you know what? You're not getting the ball. That's it. That's a show title right there. Does Hulu have live sports? <laughs> that that is exactly what's going on with Odell and Baker. Yeah, you figured. I it found out. it out. Yep. Does Hulu have live sports? I guess we'll never know. Who wins it? Oh, for this one, I'm I'm gonna go Cardinals. They're gonna stay undefeated. All right, I'll go Cleveland. Play devil's advocate here. Say that Chubb and Hunt are, stay unstoppable, even with JJ Watt. I I like it. I like the rivalry. Let's continue on to our big rivalry coming up now. Yeah, I this is the this is the matchup I've been waiting for. The Packers and the Bears. Of course we have to talk about this one. Round one. Rodgers and Adams coming, and they're going to be playing Chicago. Unfortunately, there's not much to talk about for Chicago. Good game. Yeah, good, this, good game. this was a good out. game. Good for talking. <laughs> uh, the The team here is kind of in shambles. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Damian Williams on the COVID. Uh, we have Khalil Herbert, who is a nice prospect. He's He's young. I like him. But he, as our only running back, really, if, if Williams isn't playing, which it looks like he's not going to, this offense is already so bad. Like, they're third worst in the league, and I think they're really gunning for worst offense in the league at the end of this week. I mean, even with no Jair Alexander playing for the Packers, it, it still doesn't make me excited about anyone on the Bears. Who, like, Allen Robinson, he's been a shell of himself. And Justin Fields is still learning. He's got those those rookie bumps and bruises he's you know not hitting the spots there's a couple of, you know throws that he'll make in the you know in the middle of the field or they're not to Allen Robinson I think we like, said that you've um if i remember right before the year you as a bears fan i asked you which is better for Allen Robinson and you said very confidently Andy Dalton oh absolutely and Andy Dalton absolutely. got hurt and Fields has taken the job and they they can't really look back and if you're if you have Allen Robinson and you were hoping for Andy Dalton to actually keep the job and feed a wide receiver one like I was, it has not worked out. Allen Robinson is on my bench no. until further notice. Yeah, you can't start him. There's no way you can start him. Not not against this Packers defense. I I won't do it. Not even if there's a fire. And it's just it's going to be an ugly game to watch. I'll watch it because I love the Bears. But this is going to hurt. Yeah, the two things that I'm I'm watching in this game, can Robert Tunyon or Cole Komet have any kind of value? These are two tight ends that I really liked in the offseason for late-round values, and neither have panned out so far. Do we start to see a little bit of positivity there? I hope so with one, maybe both. And then the other, the other question is, A.J. Dillon, we touched on A.J. on Monday night. He had a pretty good workload in Week 5. And you think that he's actually carved out a pretty decent role for himself. The coach speak says that he needs to get the ball more, especially in the passing situations. Yeah. I don't know. I think Aaron Jones is, he's had three pretty quiet weeks in a row. I think he's due for, for a nice one. Can he and Dylan both have good days on the same day? Probably so against a team like the bears right now, but yeah, um, no, We'll see with A.J. Dillon. I think if you see a 12 to 15 touch day from Dillon in a second week in a row, then the coach speak is real. 
their intentions are, are true and he will bring you value over the uh, the second half of the year for sure. Yeah. He's, he's kind of a touch vacuum that I didn't see coming. I, I like AJ Dillon. I've got him in some dynasty leagues. He, he, he's this big bruising back that if you actually watch how he plays, he's got really good hands and his skill set fits perfectly with what they want to do. They want to run the ball and they like to pass to the running backs. Aaron Rodgers just likes to have chess pieces. He likes to he likes to be able to play with the defense. And AJ Dillon is a favorite of Matt LaFleur. So I like AJ Dillon. He should be stashed. If you can buy low on him at all, I consider doing it. Uh Aaron Jones, stud running back, but hasn't always stayed healthy. You know, he he misses some games quite often. And so I think AJ Dillon, there's one team in our league. Travis that has AJ Dillon and it scares the heck out of me because they like they for they went they foregone that's not how you say that but they they skipped <laughs> the running back position and they ended up with AJ Dillon they forwent forwent yeah there we go they forwent the running back position they've got James Robinson and AJ Dillon as their running backs but their wide receivers are like Tyreek or like DeAndre Hopkins and it's it's Adams Cooper, Adams or, Hill Cooper it, Cup and Dillon. It's, it's stupid. Nice. It's a stupid good team, and if Aaron Jones goes down, our league is over. To go, to There's go with no... Hurts and Andrews. It sounds like the team you're playing against. Are you doing all right? Yeah, it is the team <laughs> I'm playing, and I'm not okay. I, you know what? I'm not doing fine. I'm not. I'm not having a good time not at two and with three. this matchup. It's a little dicey right no. now. No, two and four. I'm waiting on some guys to come back from injury. You know, this, even then, this when I've, you listed his four receivers, it explains to me why you were really needing Jalen Hurts to stick around seven to yeah. twelve points. He's got Adam Thielen as his wide receiver four. Yeah, it must be nice. It's not a good time. Yeah, it must be nice. Must be nice. Yeah. And while I'm over here, like maybe Tony Pollard can get me some points <laughs> yeah. this week. <laughs> It's going to be a fun time. So if anyone else is feeling me, please feel free to reach out on Twitter and we'll have a nice cry party. So we're both taking Packers and this one should be pretty easy. No, I can't actually say that out loud. I'm con- I'm contractually oh, obligated to say point. the Bears. Good point. Um, you just give me the look of, uh, you know. Yeah, so I the Bears all the way one. in this one. There's oh, no, there <laughs> there's nothing else to say. <laughs> Bears by a hundred. Please, God, have mercy on our souls. Hey, hey, Travis, let me ask you an important question, man. Does it bounce? I'm about to bounce back. Bounce, bounce back. I'm about to bounce back. Are we about to bounce? Let's bounce. Oh, I would love to know. Could you tell me who is not going to bounce back this week? I've got some three good names. And... All right. You know what? I didn't even realize that I was kind of maybe like having some uh, some some conscious, you know, weight throwing into this matchup. So I'm going to start with my wide receiver in Adam Thielen since we just talked about him. He's I I'm go. throwing it, it out existence. to the universe. Please, football gods, hear my please. Adam Thielen against Carolina. He only went two for three or two receptions, three targets for 40 yards last week. And for me, it's more about what the Panthers don't do against the run, and they don't guard the run. They do pressure the passer at a, at one of the league-leading rates. They get sacks, QB hits. It's very nice. And I think the Vikings are going to be able to run the ball. 
I'm just hoping that they throw it to Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen just hasn't. I don't know. Adam Thielen's been more of a red zone threat. It's looking like this year, which is great for him. I'm just hoping that the Carolina Panthers, who have been pretty good against the pass, continue to do so. They've been injured at cornerback, but making trades, trying to do their best. You know, this isn't going to be a week where they have Stephon Gilmore. But uh, hopefully another down week for Adam Thielen. I do not think that this is a week where he bounces back because I think it's a week where they're going to be able to rely more on the run. So not a, this isn't the game for them. Come on, Dalvin. My, Get it done. My running backs that aren't going to bounce back is really the entire Seattle running back room against a very stout Steelers defense that has surprisingly yet to allow a touchdown to a running back, whether it's rushing or receiving this for all the problems that this team has had on the offensive side of the ball, they are still sticking to their identity. And that is going to be feed the defense, let the defense win you the games. So, especially against a Seattle offense that is without Russ West, geez, what Russ Westbrook against <laughs> they are also without Russell Westbrook. Yeah, they do not. Yeah, uh, confirmed. <laughs> Russell Westbrook is not going to be playing in this game. But more importantly, Russell Wilson. I is- actually <laughs> do that all the time between those two guys. I I don't know what it is. Yeah, but if I'm talking to somebody about Russell Wilson in an argument, I will so often say Russell Westbrook. Yeah, it just happens. It it. You don't have a lot of Russ. I don't know any Russells in real life, but the two that I do know in fake life, um, both W names. So I think that's kind of me. Pretty good athletes. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty solid. Um, one of them's really good at shooting, and the other one is Russell Westbrook. So my quarterbacks that aren't going to bounce. My quarterback, I should say, that isn't going to bounce. I know you brought up the wide receivers at the beginning of the show i don't think it's going to happen though in this week for the tennessee titans going up against an absolutely on fire buffalo defense who's averaging 10 points a uh, 10 fantasy points against to the quarterback and looking look what just go back and look what they did to patrick mahomes he looked like an average quarterback and He's not. He's only. He is slightly above average. Thank and you, Dustin, for he, finally admitting they, that. They just, right. Yeah, I, I finally came around to the the fact that he's he okay. is only slightly more than human. But AJ Brown and Julio probably going to play in this game. It to me, it doesn't matter until this defense shows me that they can't handle a matchup. They've still got two of the highest graded cornerbacks in Levi Wallace and Tre'Davious White. Micah um, Micah Hyde has looked great in the secondary. Jordan Poyer has been making plays. Just playmakers all over the secondary, and that defensive line with Jerry Hughes has been great. They've just got depth all over the place. I could talk for hours on this Bills team. I, to me, it's not you know fancy to, to call them a Super Bowl favorite, but I'm going to call them down and just say they're hot right now. Tennessee, either Derrick Henry has to have a massive game, which against this defense – gonna be tough i don't see it happening for the passing attack for the tennessee titans i'm going to give you three guys that will bounce back do it what are their names and two of them are also on my team so i think there's a theme here that we are really hoping that what we say is right this week in a little bit of a desperation situation 
Matthew Stafford, 17.5 points last week. I don't think that that is repeated this week. I think he goes over 22, 23 points. 300 yards and three touchdowns should be pretty easy for Stafford. Just another day in the office. Coming off of 365 with an injured finger last week. He finally got Robert Woods involved. A few very close touchdowns last week. I watched every play of that game again, and they were tackled on the one or two yard line, the receivers, quite a bit. So he could have easily had three or four scores last week. Daryl Henderson got him. um, But if Cooper Cup or Robert Woods get in there, Stafford should have a pretty easy day. Yeah. DJ Moore, my wide receiver bounce back after a 6.3 point week. It should not be hard to get the 15 to 20 point week we have grown used to with DJ Moore. I'm expecting Christian McCaffrey to be out again. Um, What we saw from Carolina in week four was a lot of creative touches for DJ Moore in a lot of uh, Christian McCaffrey routes out of the backfield, whether it was wheel routes um, or end arounds. Like they just found a way to get him the ball and he went off. And last week, it just wasn't the case. The targets weren't there. The touches weren't there for whatever reason. It was a Hubbard week. I think that flips back. DJ Moore is number seven in the league in targets. So the volume's there at an elite level. And then the final argument for DJ Moore is what other receivers that are pretty similar to him in physicality and speed-wise have done against um, the Vikings so far this year. Jamar Chase. 101 in a score, Rondale Moore, 114 in a score, DK Metcalf, 107 in a score. So, oh, wait a second. Is is it Detroit and Vikings? No, it's Carolina. We just Carolina yeah. and the Vikings. Yeah, Carolina and the Vikings. And also, the, okay, I, DK Metcalf's not a human. He's actually a robot, so this one doesn't count. Okay. I, uh, the, the baby blues threw me off for a second. I was like, do I have the right baby blue team here? So, yeah, I think DJ Moore is a prime candidate for over 100 in a score. I'm calling the shot of a 20-point, half-point PPR game. Joe Mixon, my running back, bounce-back candidate of the week, coming off of a 10-point week. Get it, Joe. Samaje P. Ryan is out. And I don't think Chris Evans gets as much done as P. Ryan did. I don't think he gets as many touches either. No setbacks. No, he gets more. No way. No chance. No setbacks here for Joe Mixon injury-wise. The Lions are giving up 130 yards on the ground per week, which is the bottom third of the league. I think Joe Mixon gets also 100 total yards and a score. So All right. I'm going to need it. I hope that I'm right for my own sake, but also for the listener's sake. If you have DJ Moore and Mixon, definitely start them. They're going to have big, big bounce-back weeks. I'd love to see it. Not that you weren't going to start those guys anyway. I'm going to say it's 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 a tough decision to 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 throw DJ Moore and Joe Mixon into your lineup. So thank you, thank you for the guidance. Uh, we're all <laughs> we're all better for it. <laughs> oh man, now now Travis, we've got something we need to talk about, but you're not really supposed to talk about it. Oh, it is our it is our first ever gentlemen. Welcome to Fight Club. Fantasy Fight Club. This is a new segment that we are going to be doing throughout the season. We will have our listeners submit their fantasy football matchups. 
and we'll break them down, give you some analysis, maybe even give you who we think's gonna win. Um, we'll we'll try to be as nice as possible, but just uh, a, a tip of advice: have please a good have team a good and team. also have a um um a name that is somewhat pronounceable for us. Yes, I I appreciate that very much. So. People get a little too creative with it, with the, not too creative, but it, it gets a little out of hand, and then we get on the mic and say, what "Man, what? I don't understand what these words mean." <laughs> so the first fantasy Fight Club matchup that I'll or that we'll be breaking down, it looks. Let's see, I don't I don't know the settings for this this game, um, which is something we'll probably have to get and work into our show sheet moving forward. I believe it's half point. It's a half point PPR half league point with a super flex PPR super flex. Huh? Okay. Wow. Um, yeah. This is gonna be rough because all right. So one one team is named Football Farsam. Um, Farsam. Not sure how you the pronounce. Washington Red Wolves managed by Football Farsam. Okay, and then you've got Zeke Spoon one. on the other side managed by Spoon of Zeke. This matchup. Look, one of these one of these teams has one quarterback, the other one has two. Advantage team two. Um, even though they're not as good, when you have two, you're at an a, a big advantage. Absolutely, sure. just the amount of points that quarterbacks put up. Let's go ahead and break down just positional by positional. I'll start off with the quarterbacks. We got the Washington Red Wolves with Lamar Jackson. Um, he's facing, you know, of course, the Chargers as we broke down. His counterpart, he's got Kirk Cousins against the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, you're you're going to be leaning towards Lamar Jackson here. No surprise there. Advantage Red Wolves. Running back Derrick Henry and Latavius Murray. The overall structure for Zeke's team <laughs> is let's not talk about the running backs. It's all about the yeah. rest of the team. Forget it. <laughs> I'll just act like they're not there. Right. So his running backs for Zeke Spoon are Latavius Murray and Devin Singletary. So kind of running backs. They are they are on teams, and the rest of his team though is pretty stout. His wide receivers Thielen, Lamb, and Cup. So we've got the Viking stack against the Carolina Panthers, and then the tight end as solid as you can get in Travis Kelsey. His flex is Keenan Allen. And, of course, his second quarterback, Teddy, two gloves, bridge the water. and That's going to be tough to that beat. That is a tough one, especially, look, all the luck to the Washington Red Wolves over there. I wish you nothing but the best. You've got solid running backs in Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs. Even Terry McLaurin at wide receiver is going to give you a nice matchup against a Kansas City Chiefs team who can't stop a nosebleed. But, Robbie Anderson and Marvin Jones as your other two wide receivers. You're hoping for that home run shot for Robbie, of course. I don't blame you for for throwing him out there. Maybe you don't have other choices, but your super flex position, <laughs> you've you've thrown in the Surely you don't. You, you've you've thrown in Christian Kirk and Naeem Hines in your two flex spots. Dawson Knox is a solid tight end position, especially right now. He is the hot new item. Uh, especially on the league's best offense. So you can't really, as far as not having a top three, you know, tight end, which Dawson Knox has been actually. So yeah. you've right now, you've got a top three tight end in your lineup. You're just going up against a juggernaut who could see uh, a higher score. So 
You're already at a disadvantage not having a second quarterback. The best of luck to you. Um, to me, it's looking like Zeke. Far Sam, yeah, I mean, Far Sam does have, when we're talking about history of receivers, Terry McLaurin, Robbie Anderson, Marvin Jones. Those are three big play guys that could all three catch a 50-yard touchdown. Yeah. I think you're going to need two of them to do it with the fact that you're playing against a double quarterback team and the high floor of CeeDee Lamb, Cooper Cup, Kelsey, Keenan Allen. Those guys are going to give Zeke uh, Zeke's spoons what he needs. And for sure, as far as far Sam, you're going to need a nuclear day from Lamar Jackson. You're going to need Derrick Henry to keep doing what he's been doing. And then you're going to need two of those three receivers probably to hit for sure. So it'll be tougher. There is a path there, but I think we are both in consensus that Zeke's spoon takes the victory in this first ever football fight club matchup. It, it makes sense to me. Fingers crossed for you, Washington Red Wolves. We're rooting for you. <laughs> Let's move on to our second matchup. This one, a more traditional league, it appears. You've got um, Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers for team. Not going to say that. Um, so, Nofa yeah, King. Yeah, okay. Nofa. Um, that must that that must be a, a town I'm I'm not Team aware Nofa. of, and then Kingway, which of course is the <laughs> um, Chinese restaurant that's tied to the gas station in your local hometown. Oh, yeah, there you go. So yes, Kingway. so Nofa, and then Kingway, um, that's the team name, and then of course you've got Texas. What is it? Jesus, do we not do Texas? Texas Poon. <laughs> Do we not vet the names Texas of the people submitting? <laughs> what kind of filth is this? <laughs> oh, I hope I hope your mothers listen to this show. We'll just go with the we'll just go with the okay. manager. ACS one at ACS one with the Dolphins logo. And- I think ACS one has the advantage in this matchup. I will give you a sixty second rundown of the fight club reasons why all right tom brady and mike evans have already played we already have that knowledge that neither of them went off and christian mccaffrey the rb1 for nofa is unlikely to play Najee harris should have a pretty good day but then you look down and it's randall cobb it's michael Pittman, and jalen waddle with the super flex of melvin gordon another super flex league where somebody does not have a second quarterback huge disadvantage and that will lead me to the acs ones texas spoon tapas and aaron Rodgers to Devonte adams against the bears is going to be money dj moore already talked about as a big bounce back zeke and Je- and um james robinson at running back and then you've got t higgins jacoby myers dalton schultz who's been hot and the super flex of Sam Darnold. So he's got not only one, but two stacks of Darnold to Moore and Rodgers to Devontae Adams. It's going to be really tough for Team Nofa to win this game. I'm saying Team Nofa, Kingway, but good luck. That's It's going to be tough. If Look, if Nofa has Chuba Hubbard to plug in for Christian McCaffrey, I think there's at least a conversation that could be had. Um... It's gonna be tough. I mean, you're starting Randall Cobb. Um, you've got it's gonna be a blowout. Jalen Waddle in your lineup. It's not looking great. 
your your projections. You needed a lot. Yeah. You needed a lot from Brady and Evans, and you did not get you, it. You didn't get it. I'm very sorry. You're going to need a lot of guys to poop the bed to have a shot here. So nothing, nothing's impossible. Najee Harris is going up against probably one of the league-worst running back defenses in the league, and Najee Harris just is going to shred them. It's going to be a beautiful sight. So enjoy that one. I'm sorry Christian McCaffrey's not going to play for you. Um, but, man, Superflex being Melvin Gordon – gotta those are rookie numbers man you gotta you gotta bump those those numbers up they can't have can't have melvin gordon in a super flex league so hopefully you get a quarterback plugged in there right now yep gonna be uh gonna be the texas spoon guy um he's uh (laughs) he is he's my pick that was the first fantasy fight club if you're listening and you have any interest in submitting your lineup, um, your matchup for the week, please submit to us on Twitter. We will talk about it next week on the second Fantasy Fight Club. That was fun. Yeah, let's get into the big picks of the week. Finish this show out right. My quarterback big pick of the week is none other than T- Taylor Heineke. He is I love facing the juicy, juicy matchup of Kansas City, one that will demand that he keep pace and, of course, they don't have the ability to stop anyone. So Terry McLaurin is going to be receiving a lot of yards. You're going to have, I like a, a sleeping tight end of Ricky Seals-Jones, who had a bunch of targets last week. And then, of course, Antonio Gibson probably going to have a nice game. Uh, and then J.D. McKissick, whatever. Get out of town. My <laughs> running back pick of the week, James Robinson against the Miami Dolphins. Of course, you're already starting James Robinson, but I'm predicting a bigger game than normal. Miami already gives up the fifth most receptions to the running back position and the second most fantasy points to the running back. This is going to be a nice, nice game. The offense always sputters for Miami, but I still think that the Jacksonville Jaguars get it done. Trevor Lawrence is continuing to find his footing in the NFL, and James Robinson seems to be a nice safety valve for him in that offense. My wide receiver big pick of the week, wide receiver Stephon Diggs. Of course, you're starting him. Not a shocker. But against Tennessee, and they are the league's worst passing defense essentially they give up the most fancy points to the wide receiver we've been hoping for a big game it we, it didn't it has, it has to, to happen it was it didn't happen At against houston you know it didn't happen really against against um kansas city the bills are just so good it, it kills me especially with him on my team that he hasn't been the sole benefactor um of that that output but i think it's coming i think this could be it so, Stephon Diggs, Tennessee, calling it right now. This is my shot. Stephon Diggs, huge game. And my tight end pit, big pick of the week is none other than Mo Alley Cox against the Houston Texans. The Giants. He's himself. seen five and four targets the last two games. And two weeks ago, he had two touchdowns. They look for him in the red zone, and he's going up against the league worst te- tight end defense in terms of fantasy points to the position. If you're looking for a sleeper tight end or a streamer, you know that maybe you have Kyle Pitts, maybe one, you know your guy just is not playing. You need a guy to plug in your lineup. Mo Ali Cox, go pick him up off waivers if he's still there and plug him in. I think this is a nice matchup for him. 
I love it. Let me run through mine real quick. Big Ben is my quarterback <sighs> start of the week. Big pick of the week. What better way to hush some doubters than a Sunday night football game under the lights at home? Chris Collinsworth at Heinz Field in the brisk, cool wind of a Pittsburgh fall. Does that oh, sound right. good? I think so. He has not had a tw- he has not had a twenty point game yet. He is long overdue to turn back the clock. The Seahawks are have allowed the third most yards per game, over three hundred yards per game through the air so far this year. Ben is going to devour them. He was over 250 yards and two touchdowns last week with Deontay Johnson and Claypool combining for seven total catches, which is mind-boggling. Especially with Juju going out with injury. I think both of these receivers have huge days, and Big Ben is feeding them all night long. Jonathan Taylor, um, this is not a name that is really going to shock anybody for having a great week, but I think he has a top three to five week. Um, his success has directly impacted the Colts' success, and I think that Frank Wright is plenty smart. And seeing that and knowing that it needs to go through Jonathan Taylor, not Carson Wentz's arm. Texans in the bottom five against the run so far this year, and I think that they will be in a positive game script against Houston, as most people will be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you. I'm going to stop you right, right there because I think that's a really good pick, especially against Houston. I'm going to make it a little tougher on you, though. Give me over under 20 fantasy points for, for JT. Easily over. Okay. Okay. Easily over. I think 150 total yards and a score with a few catches sprinkled in there. Okay. I like it. You heard it here first. Uh, wide receiver is going to be a stack in Pittsburgh under the lights. Deontay Johnson from Big Ben. He is a, a top 10 target elite guy when it comes to volume coming off of a two target week he's going to get back to his double digit ways against the terrible secondary for Seattle Juju's gone James Washington and Claypool missing some practices they should both play but Deontay is going to be the the healthiest of the group and last time on Sunday Night Football not that this has any direct correlation but it's a fun stat Deontay Johnson 11 catches on 16 targets even with some drops I think he likes playing in prime time. Ben likes playing in prime time, and they're going to be at home. And I think the Steelers just roll the Seahawks in this one. This will be the best, probably the best uh, game we've seen from the Steelers so far. Finally, tight end Dan Arnold, six catches on eight targets in his first game, I think day three in the franchise for Jacksonville. Um, eight targets actually led the team. They clearly have every intention to use Arnold as a part of their offense, and the Dolphins are giving up almost five catches a week to the tight end position. I think that's a lock for for Dan Arnold. He's going to be involved and maybe starts to become the safety blanket that we had hoped LaVisca would be and has not yet become. Maybe Dan Arnold becomes that he's a five to six a week type of, of athlete. So we'll see. I think... We both have some safer and some stretches when it comes to yep. the picks of the week. We sure do. I like it. I think that's uh, that's the only that there's nothing left. There's nothing else left. To please. That will not. That will not wrap up the show because I have the weekly. Would you rather Thursday night finish? Dang it! Here is your question, <laughs> Hit Dustin. <me> with it. <laughs> Would you rather? 
always take a cold shower or sleep one hour less than you need to be fully rested every night. <laughs> Joke's on you, pal. I do both of those things every day already. <laughs> <laughs> Which do you enjoy less? Oh, man. I, I definitely enjoy the sleeping less less. I love my cold shower in the morning, though. It wakes me right up. Um, so you do not take a cold shower. I do, I do. I take a, I take a warm shower at night to relax me, fall asleep, and then it would be a cold shower if you chose that option. Oh goodness! See, for me, I would rather wake up one hour early and be like, "Gosh, I'm tired," and then you get fall in the back shower asleep. and it's hot. Right. And you're like, all right, <laughs> gather yourself. If you feel like, "Oh, I'm rested," and you know, I got that extra hour. Let me get in a freezing shower. No, thanks. You're starting your morning off bad regardless. I like it, man. I had, I'm going to go take a warm shower after this to, to wash off the, the thought of the Bears playing the Packers. Episode 25, man, in the books. Episode 25, that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dustin Blanton. That's Travis Masterson. Find us on Twitter, at Losing Sucks. Good luck out there in week six. Week six.